Welcome to Southeast Asian Talk, also known as SEAT, and we are reclaiming our seat at the table. Our platform works to amplify the voices of third culture kids through mixed media storytelling that features voices and faces of Southeast Asian American women and LGBTQ community members. Our hope is that the stories will inspire and empower future generations of third culture kids, creating a platform of role models we wished we had while growing up. In today's story, we hear from Kim Sandara. She's a second generation bisexual and queer Lao Vietnamese American. She's a visual artist born and raised in Falls Church, Virginia. She is currently based in Brooklyn, New York, producing art and exhibits that focus on exposing the history of the secret war and the bombs in Laos. Kim's been featured on the Washington Post, Baltimore Magazine, and the National Museum of Women in the Arts. Kim talks to us about her latest visual art and community projects, her identity as a bi woman, being shocked when learning about the secret war that took place in Laos as a child, and navigating the world as an artist. Listen now. Hi, my name is Kim Sandara. I go by she, they. I am from Falls Church, Virginia, but currently located in Brooklyn, New York. I'm a first-generation Lao and Vietnamese American. My parents and grandparents are from Laos, with one grandpa from Vietnam. My mom is from Luang Prabang, Laos, and my dad is from Vientiane, Laos. I am from Northern Virginia, but I spent a lot of my post-grad time bopping around in the Washington, D.C. area and Maryland, too. I work in a lot of museums as my day job. Right now, I'm working in visitor services for the Metropolitan Museum of Modern Art. I'm excited to be in my first New York City museum job. When I'm not in my day job, I am a graphic novelist for the API Domestic Violence Resource Project. We're working on a survivor-centered story involving a queer, trans, Lao, and Bengali character. I'm also a volunteer graphic designer for Welcome to Chinatown, a New York City-based group donating their design skills, canvassing work, translation work, and fundraising to help keep small Manhattan Chinatown businesses afloat during the pandemic. I'm a visual artist and currently working on two big projects. The 207 million projects is a commitment to create 270 ink paintings resembling Rorschach tests, listening only to loud music. I started this project in July 2020. These pieces explore my relationship to being a Lao American, the longing to understand my roots, and the conflict of being American in Lao. Each painting represents one million American cluster bombs dropped onto Laos during the Vietnam War. I've also made a commitment to donate sale proceeds to two very important nonprofits. I will be donating $100 of the first 135 painting sales to Legacies of War, a nonprofit working on advocacy, education, and funding of the removal of the unexploded bombs currently in the country. The next $100 from each of the remaining 135 painting sales will go to COPE, a facility which aids in physical therapy for thousands of people affected by the bombs after the war. Ideally, these pieces are 
in a grid display, which echoes the idea of maps used to clear the cluster bombs. With each cell, there'll be a missing part to the grid. Each missing spot represents the impact a community can have on solving a problem if they come together. This work speaks to intergenerational trauma, the immigrant and refugee family experience, war, identity, and resilience. I'm also working on a graphic novel, my coming out story as a bisexual woman and queer as well. I had not identified as a non-binary in this story or when I started to write it. In my adolescence until I was 18, I used internal world building and alter egos to feel less lonely in the closet. It did not occur to me that I created all these stories to comfort myself and help process my emotions until I was a young adult. I'm working on the story to add representation needed in the gray space when it comes to being in the LGBTQ plus community as a person of color. The story is not completely cheerful or depressing, but it explores the complexities of coming into an identity. I plan to give a portion of each book sale to combat the issue of LGBTQ plus youth homelessness in the U.S. How do you identify yourself? ethnically or culturally, what intersections do you consider you have with your identity? I'm from the DMV, Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, specifically from the Nova area, Northern Virginia, and proudly grew up near the Eden Center, a well-known neighborhood um, Vietnamese shopping center developed in the 90s because there was an influx of Vietnamese refugees at that time in this area. I'm a Lao and Vietnamese person. My dad is Lao, my mom also came from Laos, but her dad is Vietnamese. I always have identified closer with Lao culture because I grew up closer to my fa- dad's family. Although there are plenty of Vietnamese people in my community, the culture never felt as relatable. It's probably because Laos is influenced by India and Vietnam is influenced by China. These are two mega power countries in Asia with vastly different cultures. I hope to explore more of my Vietnamese identity once I give myself time to immerse in my Lao culture. I also identify as bisexual and queer, as in, I'm attracted to people within my own gender and other genders. Bi does not mean binary. There are so many identities out there in gender. Cis men are as attractive to me as a four-piece chicken nugget meal, quickly satisfying but never lasting. When I turned 27, I came out as non-binary. I still identify closely to the conditioning of being a woman, but I'm aware that's I am gender queer, not exactly aligning to one gender or another. Sometimes I feel genderless. I find that my personality is pretty androgynous. What causes or issues in the US slash world affecting Southeast Asian community are you passionate about? Slash would you like to see change or more advocacy in? I am passionate about removing the bombs um, from the secret war era from present-day Laos. I want to teach people the history because it has been hidden from the American public for decades. There are so many histories that were probably hidden, and I would like to start to learn them by first learning my own. This issue is near to my heart because my parents are refugees from the Vietnam War. I learned about the bombs in Laos when I was little. My dad always told me his refugee story of swimming across the Mekong River to get to the Thai refugee camp. I never thought of my parents as refugees because I thought all immigrants went through something like this. Both of my parents warned me about the bombs and explained that's why we don't take trips back to Laos. 
It's understandable not to want to visit a country you fled from. I only found out about Laos um, not just being a bomb country, but currently still the most bomb country in all of human history per capita. That fact baffled me. I want people to know Laos still needs help removing the bombs from a war they were never supposed to be in. The CIA took advantage of people uh, and the land, and they kept the history of this war nearly a secret for two decades after it happened. No one knew much about Lao or Hmong, Mian, Mu, or any other ethnic Southeast Asian group refugees coming from that area. Everything about how no one knew of my ethnicity or cultural background where I grew up made sense to me after I learned about the secret wars. The secret war was a bombing campaign on Laos run by the CIA during the Vietnam War. They used Hmong soldiers to fight the Viet Cong in this war and then immediately abandoned them to fend for themselves from the ethnic cleansing genocide attempted by the communist Lao government after the war. America accepted Hmong and Lao refugees but never gave them much visibility or tools to succeed in America. America even went as far as returning Hmong refugees to Laos to be massacred, but these things stay out of American history books. I want my voice to be heard in American history. I want people to know what happened and what happens in the land my parents fled from. It was also the first land majorly bombed by the USA, which would become a blueprint for how America interrupts other foreign affairs and continues to bomb poor countries and supply weapons to initiate more violence. What social, economic, financial, or cultural barriers did you encounter? How did you overcome them, if at all? I grew up in a working class immigrant family household. I didn't always have my own space. I didn't always have a set of present parents to support or listen to my needs. I was raised by my grandparents who only spoke Lao. And even then there was a language barrier. It was easy to feel disconnected from my home. It was how I experienced diaspora. The quote, American dream took time with my parents away and the American schooling system took my mother tongue away along with the knowledge about my own identity's history. I'm only reconnecting to these roots in my 20s. College was a blessing and a curse because I got to come out, but I also experienced so much anxiety and depression that comes with the fear of coming out. It's life-changing. It's scary to be different. The world I grew up bar- uh, grew up in barely understood my ethnicity. I barely understood my place in my ethnicity, so without feeling grounded to anything, it was hard for me to imagine a nice world where I could feel safe existing openly as queer. It's hard to say that I overcame these things because they are simply a part of my existence. I am privileged to have time to reconnect to my roots and happy I get to be alive as an openly queer person, but these dangers still exist for my identity and the history I come from is still largely unknown by the American public. It took my mom years to get used to, accept, and eventually be proud of me being a queer artist. It was a journey of repetition, family shame, time, and grace. My mom's family actually did not accept me coming out until my grandma realized that people were going overboard and I was being bullied. She put her foot down and gave me some grace. My dad's family stays oblivious or were my cousins and cool with it. It's also constantly hard to go around explaining Laos to most, if not all, people I meet. Overcoming is a state of living. I overcome my struggles by still being the friendly and open person I am. 
It would be so easy to become jaded and negative about everything, but I have a community of friends and family to support me. I'm constantly applying to exhibitions, spaces, studio spaces, residencies, and fellowships to show my artwork. The, the 270 million project pushes me to want more spaces to keep it going and to keep the conversation going. It's hard to juggle a day job without be with being a freelance artist. Artists deserve more money to exist for the constant free work they do to uphold humanity's history and culture. I'm always trying to make time, space, and energy to do my work. I make sure I also have time for play too, though. Socializing for fun energizes me uh, more than resting myself. I'm not if I'm not personally content, I can't be the best artist I can be. I give myself time with my friends as recharging time. I try to listen to what my body and mind need. I'm not a fan of the struggling artist trope. I think it's immature to allow yourself to struggle for art. Art should enrich, not take away. I encourage young creatives to take care of themselves first, then when you open yourself to a creative space mentally, um, then you will open that. Reach life where it reaches you. Focus on what you are in abundance of, not scarce of. You will always have what you need for creative work if you listen and observe life well. Pay attention to what is important to you. What you find important is likely important to others. Know your audience because you might be the vessel they need to have visibility on the topic. What are your thoughts on mental health? How do you perform self-care? What has helped you? Mental health should be taken as seriously as physical health because the mind and the body are connected. I don't make artwork if I'm not in a good mental space. I believe everyone deserves rest. Capitalism does everything to make us feel like our productivity is our worth. Although I do like to keep myself busy, I never force creative work on myself. I perform self-care by staying connected to my community and friends via social media, snail mail, letter writing, uh, phone calls, and in-person quality time. There's nothing more comforting than quality time with people I care about. Sometimes I need self-care in the form of art if I've been overworked by my day job with no outlet. I get restless without any art time or socializing time. I also work so much that I try not to let myself feel bad or guilty when I'm just spending time having fun. Fun to me is visiting museums to learn new things, trying out new foods, watching reality TV with friends, exploring cute shops, or maybe just wandering through a Target. I just like my aimless wandering time. Something anti-productive. What resources or role models um, slash representation did you wish you had growing up? I wish I saw more spaces for healing. I love the podcast Healing Out Loud by Rita Petmisai. Listening to it was the first time I really felt seen um, as someone in the Lao diaspora. I grew up with not many Lao families around me other than my own, so it was amazing to see um, that there are more people out there trying to make sense of this identity. What would you like to say to young Southeast Asian Americans that you wish you heard growing up? You may not see a lot of us achieving great things in the media, but we're out here pushing for creative freedom. Work with the resources you have. See your limitations as branching points or challenges to think through a problem from a different perspective. Southeast Asian immigrants in America came from a lot of trauma and conflict in the 1970s. We carry the pride of our people by just existing and doing things that give us joy. 
Our joy is as important as our pain. Thanks for listening. To hear more stories from Southeast Asian American women and LGBTQ plus community members, visit our website at seatthirdculture.com or follow us here on Spotify. Thanks so much for your support.